Epic Stuff podcast with your host, Mike Drohan. Together, we'll explore the stories and journeys of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. In 2015, Peter Arch rode 273 kilometers to become the junior world solo 24-hour mountain bike champion. What's even more astonishing than this feat was that he entered his first solo 24-hour mountain bike race just 18 months prior to winning the world championships. Join Pete and I as he takes me through the techniques, tactics, and tribulations of a bike mechanic from Torquay, Australia, who became the world's best in one of the world's most grueling racing formats. What I'd, I'd like you to start with, Pete, is maybe just give us an overview of, of what a 24-hour mountain bike race entails. Like, yeah. what, what happens? Yeah, cool. So a 24-hour mountain bike race is, uh, well, obviously the, the time is, is set there. Um, but it's usually about a, a, I don't know, 12 to 20 kilometer loop, a lap, um, and which over, yeah, mixed terrain, climbing, descending, rough, but usually nothing overly technical because you've got to be able to ride it at 3 a.m. in the morning under lights when you're very tired. Um, but still proper mountain bike course, um, and the laps being anywhere between 45 and 45 minutes and an hour and a half long. Um, and then you've got your your pit, your tent set up for your, your team support. So you come through there every lap for, for food, um, drinks, etc. And the goal is for, yeah, you start at midday on a Saturday and you do as many laps as you can until midday on a Sunday when <laughs> the, time, the timer stops and the person that's ridden the most laps is the winner. So it is, reading between the lines, it's a war of attrition. Yeah, essentially. Who can keep pedaling yeah. as long as yeah. possible? And like, of course, like you can stop for as long as you like. You can have a sleep if you want. But if you want to win one of these, you're you're, you're stopping for hardly at all. Right. Okay. And you know, twenty four hours obviously is a very long time to be doing anything continually. Uh, did you see or did you experience some pretty strange stuff? Given the the exertions that's happening on the on the body and the mind, uh, maybe see in terms of literally see strange stuff, oh. or what, what what happened on these rides? Was it how how does it compare to like if I was to go out for a fast cross country ride in four hours? You know, you go, you pedal hard, you have a good time, you tell some jokes and stuff. What's happening during that twenty four hours? Yeah, well, you, it's a it's a roller coaster, and like it, every race is different. You'll um, you definitely do see things. Um, start hallucinating like about probably about 2 a.m. about the time you start start seeing things. I used to often see, think I saw photographers in the bushes, like just <laughs> like just think you're seeing flashes going off and people take. But it was just nothing. There was no one there. It was no just one there. All, all in the mind. Um, right. So you just yeah. go a bit kooky. Yeah, definitely. You're just spending a lot of time, especially. Obviously, there's not many people that do these events um, unless they link it in with a team's event. Um, which they sometimes do, um, but especially going to the the wee hours of the night, it's pretty lonely out there. It's pretty r- often that you're just riding on your own for sometimes multiple hours. So you're spending a lot of time in your own head, um, just and you getting gotta, to know you've gotta, yourself. You've get, yeah, you've got to get comfortable <laughs> with that. I mean, you've hope, hope you're a good person to be with. Yeah, by yeah. Yourself. So it's <laughs> like it's in the same. 
I guess I can only compare it almost to ultramarathon stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It is an ultramarathon event. So You're doing yeah. a whole lot of time, just plugging away yeah. in your own head, just trying to get, get through it. And do you, from your experience, you know, people, athletes talk about hitting the wall, right? When they're like, wow, I hit this point where I actually couldn't pull down, couldn't push anymore, or I felt a significant decline um, in my performance. And I think um, anyone, again, anyone who's ridden road bikes or mountain bikes has experienced what's uh, called the bonk, yep. where you basically, you've used uh, so much energy in your body that you've depleted you. Now, I'm no fucking doctor here, but my understanding that is- sound you, like one. You, <laughs> no one would ever let me be a doctor, <laughs> man. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, you've depleted your, uh, your stores of carbohydrates so much that you're basically going into shock in a little way. Your body's going into shock yeah. and you might have hours left on a ride still. And if you haven't fueled your body well enough, you see cyclists having these little gel things, you need to take a certain amount. Uh, and I'll get you to talk a little bit about the nutrition in a yeah. bit, Pete. You need to keep taking this super, it's basically like liquid cake, you know, <laughs> yeah. times a thousand. This shit. Like if you were to take this stuff and you weren't training or riding, you would be fucking gigantic. Like it is hyper carb. Yeah, full hydrate. carb, fast, right. absorbed energy. Come, yeah, goes through, yeah, gives you a really quick hit. Um, but yeah, if you hit the, if you, if you reach the, the level where you hit the bonk or whatever it is, then you feel like, I mean, I've I'm had experiences bonking. where I wanted to cry on the bike where yeah. you just, you don't feel like you can even turn the pedals over yeah. and you know that you've got tens or 20 kilometers still to go. So have there been experiences during the 24 hour where you've come up against the bonk and given that there's so much time in it, in that race. Does it come up multiple times? And is it just a form of masochism? Definitely. Like, I think, and you've got to learn, know to just push through. It is more or less an eating competition right. on, on wheels. Like, you've got to be make sure from the get-go, from the first lap, that even if you don't feel like it, to be taking on energy, taking on food each lap, just keeping it consistently topped up. Because so it's you, not an to, option. You no, you, you like... So if you were to bonk during a race, a 24-hour race, it's going to be a, a, a tough <laughs> eight hours, six hours, 12 hours to crawl yourself out of that hole or to, yeah. And it, yeah, a lot of people that with their, at least their first race, the goal is just to finish it, to complete a 24-hour race, let alone try and win one or, or do well. And Yeah, um, I mean, I would definitely only be considering it for the purpose of having completed it, like running a marathon. Yeah, yeah, I did it. Yeah, just to finish. And yeah, eating is by far one of the biggest, biggest aspects of uh, even completing a 24 hour race is to keep that nutrition going. And that that planning for that nutrition, um, maybe we'll segue into how, like what sort of support do you need to to participate in something like this. Can anyone just turn up with a bike and just have a crack for 24 hours? Well, yeah, by all means, you could turn up and, and have a crack. And uh, I know people that have done like unsupported in that they haven't had a, a, any pit crew or anything. Um, it just means that they've got, they would have planned out their food and they'd have a, a table set up and they'd just stop at their table and grab what they need and, and then jump on the bike and keep rolling. Um, but it is much easier if you've got Especially late at night, if you've got someone in your in your corner to um, just tell you what to eat, just so you don't have to right. think about that aspect. It's all pre-planned. 
um, and they just pass the food to you till you eat it and, and go. Um, and with the key being to, to listen to that person. And Right, so you're, you just focus on what your job is. Just keep turning the pedals yep. over. That Don't worry that, oh, shit, I've missed a protein bar. Yep. This is going to, I'm going to crash. No. Right, if okay. you've got that person at the pits to, to say, here, yeah, this lap, you're eating this, take it and go. And that is by far the easiest way to do it. The, yeah, okay, cool. To, yeah, have that person and someone that you really trust and, and, know, and knows you well. Who's not going to fall asleep mid-24 hours. <laughs> yeah. And also knows that, that to just keep pushing you because you, you don't want someone to go, oh, no, if you're looking tired, sit down and have a rest or have to sleep. You want someone that's going to be, be tough on you and, and gotcha. keep you going and keep you fed. And, yeah, yeah, okay. And yeah, okay, keep you, your eye on the prize a little yeah. bit over in a very extended period. Yeah. And it's a, for them, it's a it's 24-hour race for them as well. They've got a, it's almost harder. I've done support for 24 hours as well. A lot of and coffee. You're, yeah, you've got to stay up for 24 hours and you're not, you don't have the stimulation of riding a bike for the 24 hours. You, you can't really eat as much as a rider is because you're not doing the exercise. So, yeah, it's hard going being a team support the as well. Pa- the passive, passive part of the, yeah. of the contest. On the upside, you have access to uh, liquid cake anytime you want. Yeah, you so do. If you really yeah, lots of high carb foods just sitting there <laughs> if, you, if you want to load in. Yeah. So tell me how you went from like let's just call it like a casual interest of twenty four hour mountain bike racing to the point that you thought, okay, this is something I can really get serious about. Um, and then through to the point of actually participating and winning what is the highest standard of the competition. So where, where, what were the points in that journey? I assume that you've, you engaged with people who said, oh, Pete, you know, you've got potential to do this to a higher level, or did you come to that to your own understanding, or what, what was the process? I'm not really sure when it clicked over that I wanted to do a solo, but I'd, I'd done a couple of team <coughs> four-man uh, 24-hour races, which are a lot of fun. You one rider's on the course each time, and you tag in. And so, with four four people, then you get a, a reasonable amount of rest between laps. Um, and if you just got a, a fun group of mates that you want to hang out and ride all weekend and, and drink beers, and then it, it's a great format for 24-hour racing. So I had done, I had a bit of experience with 24 hours, and I'd seen these these crazy solo riders and I'm going, oh, they're nuts. Oh, yeah, oh, they're crazy. I'm never doing that. That's, that's too full on. Um, and then probably, I had a, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure when it was that it clicked that I wanted to do a solo, but um, a good mate of mine, Ryan Kimbley, he was also looking at doing a solo in, uh, would have been, maybe 2014, I think. And then I was like, oh, you're doing solo. I'll, I'll, I'll come and be your support for the race and we'll, I'll, I'll be involved that way at least. Mm-hmm. For He's like, no, 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 you'll, you'll, you could just race it. We'll, we'll race it. And so we decided to do a two-man race for that. And that was at Stromlo in Canberra um, at the Scott 24-hour. Um, so that was my first sort of step forward into even racing bikes at a competitive kind of level yeah I'd done some fun races in these team events and stuff but never before properly all right I'm going to train for this consciously and and try and get a good result right um, okay and so 
lot of training. So your mate pulled you into it, basically. Yeah, essentially. It was like, there's, there's not enough time for me to get properly ready to do a solo, but you're thinking of doing one, so I want to be involved and I'll help you out, and then maybe next year I'll do one or something. But yeah, we did this. I'm trying to think of the... Maybe that was 2013. Because, mm. um, yeah, the first solo was 2014. Anyway, yeah, so we did did that two-man. I think we got second outright for the um, the two-man teams, which is pretty full on. For and a that, first entry, man. Yeah. Pretty for, good. Yeah, and, like, two weeks before, that was my first proper six-hour race in Bright. I think I got 10th or something, which was not very, well, very unexpected. Yeah, um, like, uh, you know, understanding the, the dedication it takes to place in the top 10 for this stuff and how many freaks there are who are just living on their bikes yeah. to do this stuff. Yeah, that's a pretty good result off the, off the was, you know, yeah, and a whim. I was very, very surprised. And that kind of good. said to you, hang on, yeah, like, I might have a bit, of, a bit of skill in this yeah. uh, and potentially I'm at a higher level than I thought I was. Yep. So you got a Definitely. bit of confidence out of it. A bit of confidence, around, yep. And then with the plan to then, we were both going to do, Ryan and I, a, a solo, a first um, solo, just to, to tick that box to do, a, to do a race. So we entered the uh, national championships as our, our first solo race, um, which was just out of Sid- Sydney. Um, and that was 2014, um, around September. Um, and got, I was, got third, or second, second in my age group for that as well. In mm. so first solo, completed the twenty four hours. It was a really hot race, about sort of mid to high thirties during the day. Oof. So it was it was a tough one, one one of the tougher ones I did. Um, but completed the whole the full time and and yeah, I was even leading for for a little while. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, fast dude decided to sleep and then just reeled me in the next morning so was his was his strategy better in a way no i think it was just generally like he would have placed very high up in the elite rankings he's actually recently won the national champs um ed mcdonald um a couple of years ago um so he was like always going to be a lot better than me being very experienced um and me being my first race um but I think he just went out too hard in the heat mm. and then blew, blew up um, and then couldn't, couldn't keep riding. He was like quite ahead of me uh, by the time it got to night time. Um, but this just, just went, out, went out too hard, too hot, burnt too many matches during, during the day. Mm. And then I slowly caught up to him and passed him during the night while he was resting, um, which is like emphasizes the importance of just keep going, keep plugging away, um, is the, the big part of the game in 24-hour racing. Um, but then, yeah, he, he woke up and felt good the next morning and <laughs> <laughs> smashed me. Smashed <laughs> yeah. So, I'm um, like, it's crazy to think of a sport where you can... So, most sports are so short duration, they're un, relatively unforgiving in that you get one crack at it and if your strategy's wrong, like you blow up, there's no second chance. Yeah. But in this crazy ass long ultra marathon world, you can reel someone back in. Yep. It's like the it's like the uh, Le Mans 24 hour. If your strategy is right, you can make a mistake and recover from it. 
Um, and I guess that comes with experience too. This dude knew I'm shattered. I can probably sleep this off and then really yeah. win again. And then his team and him would have probably seen that my my lap times were this amount of time and knew how fast he could go. So the next morning he probably saw and did the maths and went, all right, yeah, I, I, can, I can catch up and win. And went out and did it. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, for me to just complete that race, given how hot it was, and I, I don't go well in the heat at the best of times, um, was a massive... You've yeah, always had I a beard, had, Pete. I yeah. think just hot tip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, trim it down. And it was particularly bushy that year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you used so, to have a, yeah. a bushman. Yeah, exactly. It was very full of dust and it was, it was good. It was some good photos. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just to complete that was a, a massive uh, achievement. Yes. And, oh, and like huge. everything went, worked well to a T. Like Ryan did the race as well and he did, I think he might have got third. Can't remember. He did really well and completed it. Um, his, wife, his wife, Chris, was our team support and has been okay, cool. for, for both of us for all the, the solo races we've done. She, I remember it was both she, of you yeah. dudes doing most of these events yeah. at the time. And she was fantastic. And everything, like in that first race, everything worked so perfectly. Um, so enabled us to, to finish the race and, and have, have some good results. And it was amazing. Right, cool. And then kind of, for some bizarre reason, crossing the finish line... Um, you're almost already looking forward to the next one, which is right. possibly the weirdest thing that I didn't expect. I was so ruined for recoveries. So you weren't you were ruined, but you weren't broken. No, you were like, exactly. Okay, that that was ex- extreme. It was a good experience, not a. Mm. It wasn't a. And I'm sure you could easily like, if it was raining for the whole time, or, or it would be quite easy to have a. a a proper bad experience in a 24-hour solo, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's 24 hours on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm but not yeah, sure how I much... I was already keen to look forward to the next one. Yeah, I, like, I think part of that is probably mindset in that you're wired a certain way to have perceived what you did in a positive light and not just be broken from it. But I also think that inherently, if you challenge yourself, you are... Uh, given this rare access to a, a sense of self-fulfillment, a sense of like uh, accomplishment that is only ever accessible through adversity, right? And yeah. that's a particularly difficult challenge from, from my perspective. And I'd say most people who watch this would say, yeah, that's pretty hard. Um, it's, it doesn't surprise me that you would feel pretty good about just having completed it. At that yeah, point. and which was the only goal at that point. It was just to, like, I wasn't sure if I could do it, if I could finish it, or, mm. or anything, if I could even ride a bike for that long. But that was the only goal for that first one, was to, I just want to finish one. Let's get one under the yeah. belt. And didn't know that there'd be more after that. It was just, oh, let's do one solo 24-hour race. You completed a few races. How did you get entry to the, to the championship? How did that end up happening? Uh, just paid the fee. Yep, so you can just go, yep. Any, anyone can, can actually enter the World Championships. There's no pre-qualifying. But you don't have to prove it to an authoritative body that you're no. not going to take, you know, you're going to crank it after two laps or... No, no. A- okay. anyone can enter. Um, but yeah, it is, it is still the World Champs. Mm-hmm. So. And there's only really... There's not that many people even in the world that 
decide to do this as their, as their main sport and mm-hmm. and, and have a crack. But, so yeah. talk me through the the actual uh, world championship race. What happened? Tell me tell me about the experience because you you know. Well, it was kind of a fun, like after after the national champs race, which was in about sort of September October twenty fourteen. That I think we decided, Ryan and I, that we wanted to actually, because we decided we wanted to do another one, and and we've done national champs, so what's next? Mate? World champs. Let's that's, go world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Natural progression. <laughs> that's, that's the next step. Um, but we also decided that we should do one more solo before we committed to world champs as a, as a, a practice, another practice to make sure everything's dialed before we commit to paying all the money and travelling overseas and, and, and racing right. another one of these races. Yeah, um, and we'll, we'll talk about how you know how you kept money coming in during that period in a bit, but yeah, yep. okay, cool. Um, so you did another you did another, so another one step. that was the Dirty Weekend race in Adelaide, and that was about April. Um, it's called the 20, Dirty Weekend. Yep, that's the name of the race, Dirty Weekend, and, and that's exactly what it is. I, it's a, a filthy it. weekend. Um, and I was... Yeah, fortunate enough to have another really good race, although this one was was tougher, probably the toughest of the three solos I did, um, and came third outright, not age group, but overall. Overall. Overall in that Which one. is another pretty confidence-instilling yeah. result. Yeah, you're, you're definitely. placing in the top three yep. cross-age group nationally. Yep. But that one I remembered having really big ups and downs during the race. I Emotionally? Remember, like, yeah, mentally. Mm. Mentally. I remember at one point going, I almost wish I would have a race ending crash just to get just me out to of be this my expression to stop to stop doing this race wow like I can't pull out because that's that's soft and I know I can keep riding but if I had a crash then I've that's got a an great excuse. excuse to not keep riding and wow. to, to crawl yourself out of that headspace of Dude. even wanting to potentially hurt yourself to, to be the excuse to stop racing it was it was tough so to yeah, go through those roller coasters of emotions whilst on the bike and just lapping around on the same course. So, what what took you down that negative path? Do you think, and how did you get out of it? I think I think it was just well, it was so just mentally and physically demanding, and it was quite hot at that race too. Um, it was quite a different course. It was just really rough. Um, we were riding hardtail bikes, which. <laughs> So no Probably, suspension, yeah. no rear suspension, no rear suspension. front suspension. fork, front, but no yep. rear suspension, but and really quite hours like and hours of that, pine, mate. pine roots and stuff, so quite quite taxing on the body. F- physically very uncomfortable. Yeah. For, for, man, for a 50k race on that, you'd be very uncomfortable. 100k, yeah. you'd be very uncomfortable. 24 hours, yeah, whole, it's torture. whole day, yeah. Yeah. Nah. Um, so, so I think it was part of that, I, and I don't know. I don't really know why I was in feeling so down, but... Yeah, I remember clearly going into that that zone of just funk. Just yeah, yeah. This is not not good. Um, but yeah, just having those people like Ryan racing with me and and Chris in the in the pits to just like keep keep going. You're doing good. Your laps are good. Really consistent and just that positive vibe and and encouragement to keep pushing um, mm. was enough to eventually eventually come good. And and then at some points, especially I used to really like racing during the night. I think it's mm-hmm. a bit cooler. Mm-hmm. You've just mm-hmm. got this this blob of light you can see in front of you, and that's all you're concentrated on. Torch on the helmet. Yep. Torch, torch on the, on the helmet. front. Yep. Um, and so then you start feeling good. You start feeling like 
at least feeling like you're going faster even if you're not um, right and then you, you feel great you feel like you're lapping quick and you go through yeah said it just a roller coaster of emotions so you'd had before you did the worlds you'd had a moment it's almost like a like a fighter might say um like a career fighter might have 30 fights and someone might say look your record's been padded because you've never had any really really hard fights you know that's kind of what they judge yeah i guess the, so the the, the, the like the, the the people in the know of the fight game would yeah. judge someone's career not just on his wins but on the wins that he won where he was losing yeah and getting and, his ass won his him or her yeah. and came back and won over adversity so you'd kind of had your little like fraser alley before the main event yeah been knocked around like a son of a bitch knew you could pull yourself out of that yeah before you attempted something on a significantly larger scale yeah so i think that probably bolstered your belief significantly too yeah 100 percent. and yeah to end up clawing through that and then finishing third outright in that event um yeah still getting def- a third yeah definitely feeling amazing and that was just i i didn't stop i just kept going mm. and given the and that's just worth worth a lot of time and a lot of places and people dropping out and not being able to finish and mm. but you being the person that just keeps plugging away and and, and continuing to to ride is yeah in the endurance games that's the key makes, part yeah what makes a big difference so you're from from my understanding of, of what you we just discussed so the support network itself was extremely beneficial being able to get extremely. that like positive affirmation when you felt like shit every lap yeah every lap hating it yep. more but having your mates just going dude you got it you're yep. cruising you're good don't yep. worry about it yeah have eat, a little hug eat this yeah have little, two hugs little hugs yeah yep. did you have hugs oh for sure yeah very Important. necessary yeah in all, all endeavors yeah everything <laughs> everybody needs a hug very important so you got to the the worlds and yeah just talk me through the race what happened i know it's 24 hours we don't have 24 hours yeah, we don't yeah <laughs> minute by minute take me through another hot one was worlds it was what, in what country Nor- where, where, northern california hey, in america to be here who's there like what is going on at this so there with my mate ryan who was also racing in his age group and chris's wife we had a little motorhome cute yeah super cute and that we could actually park beside the course and that was our our pit area so we had a kitchen um and and yeah full full pro setup um, Sweet. it felt pro anyway um which was good <laughs> So yeah, we flew in probably five days before the race and yep. into LA and then traveled, got the motorhome and traveled north um, up to, it was just, just north of Reading in a small town called Weaverville. Okay. Um, it was a long course, about 21 kilometers, which... Whoa, per lap. Yeah, per lap. Oh my goodness, um, man. Like that's... Which was probably average sort of an hour and 15, an hour to, to an hour and a half of... Because you weren't going slow lap. then. That's not. And it was a steep fire road climb at the start. Probably five to ten, almost half of the. It's probably five to about seven k fire road climb, <laughs> with with some pinches of like twenty five percent near the top. Why? Really steep. That's um, horrible. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people walking, at, right. up the climb during, including myself, some of the laps. Um, just it was just so steep and didn't have the energy to push the bike. So. so it was it became more efficient to get off and walk 
the super steep part. Yeah, it at least felt that way. Yeah, yeah. just to, to plug away. And then from on, once you got to the top, a big, long, flowy, single track. Quite a fun descent. Lovely. But, but yeah, um, but yeah, it was hard in that one to 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 know that every time you left the pits, you're at, you're gone for about another hour and a half um, mm. potentially um, wow. before you come back through the pits. So taking enough food and water each lap was was very important. You're riding um, a full weekend mountain bike ride every lap. Yeah. You know, you, like we'd, we'd go out and bang out 25Ks and you'd feel yeah. wrecked, rooted that, if you go fast. That's, yeah, that's a ride done. But yeah, you're doing that every lap. Um, yeah. So how did the race progress? It started off good, middle section good. What? This was probably my, not the toughest, but yeah, it was an interesting race for me. I went out feeling really good, feeling quite confident. Um, but probably went out a bit too hard. Yeah. Um, a little bit of adrenaline. Yeah. You are in the world championships after yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I lapped all my competitors in my age group after about six hours. So I was <laughs> setting a pace. I was, yeah, I was going well, but that's also about the same time I started cramping. Whoa, in the that legs. early? Yeah. So really, because it was about, it was probably mid 30 degrees again um, and then just a lot of that long climbing um, I did have mm. a dual suspension bike for this race it was actually I only got it like a week before the race before we left so it, was so it a, hadn't a been tested bike. for 24 hours it hadn't been tested really Goodness for anything um, but that was the bike I had so and it, and it performed excellently um, yeah but yeah so after about six hours started cramping and just needed you know, take take on more food, more salts, more. You're depleting. Yeah, I was depleting. I'd gone out too hard, which was, yeah, like the 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 fateful mistake that you don't want to make. Um, but at the same time, I'd put in all this, like a, a a lap's worth, so an hour and a half or more into my competitors, um, in my age group. So I had time to play with. I had time to rest. Um, mm, and had time ahead. to eat. And I you were stay. like the dude who smoked you that time. Yeah, more somewhat. Yeah, for sure. Um, Did, were you channeling him when you were doing it? Were you no, thinking, I don't I'll think be I like even that had, guy. I don't even think I, I, I was just so uh, in, in, in my own head and in my mm. own body that I just needed, knew I needed to, I needed to keep pushing and finish. I hadn't come all this way to not finish a race. So I had to get myself out of this situation somehow. <laughs> and and finish this race. I travelled all the way to America to to race world champs, so hmm. um, had to continue. So, but but because I had this big gap on my competitors, I I could do I could ride slower laps. I could stop for a bit longer. Yes. Take on more fuel and just just let my body slowly catch back up and to a point that I could race race properly again. Hmm. Mm, very good. So you get you're heading towards the final part of the race. What time in the morning are we at this point? When does this thing finish up? Do you start at what time? Start at midday. Sorry, so you're finishing up around... Well, finish up. 24 hours, you're finishing up at midday. Um, But because of how I was feeling um, with the cramping and stuff, and uh, I had had a couple of longer longer tea breaks during the night, cups of tea, sit in the motorhome, just gather my thoughts and just keep pushing. We actually did the maths and worked out that I could finish at about 9am and, and still have the race wrapped up in the, in the wow, league. Wow, in your age gra- yeah, group? Yep, yeah, because I had enough enough uh, time ahead of second place. Wow. So so I did, because of how I was feeling, I, 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 I called it quits at about 9am 
Right, you and had that bigger lead on the next dude. Yeah. <sighs> That's awesome. So, like, yeah, a, a great achievement, but in, in my own eyes, the, the other two races were, were almost a bigger achievement um, right. for myself, finish, finishing the full 24 hours and having more, more battles with other riders rather than just my own poor, poor choices in, in how, <laughs> how, I, how I race the race and, and going too hard. So it was wow. a funny race for me, Worlds, um, from that regards. Like I did, I still definitely won my age group, but, hmm. but yeah, it was. You, what was the feeling like when you worked out that you'd won? Like, were you like. I was so stoked that I could stop riding my bike. You were just, <laughs> just done with the yeah, bike. Yeah, I was, I was done at that point. Yeah. I was, yeah, that was, it was a happy moment to know that I could, could stop early and, <laughs> and win the world championship. Stop title. the torture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I could uh, focus on helping Ryan finish his, because oh, he, he was racing his age group. Um, so support him for the rest of, of his 24 hours, which he yeah, pushed through. And you can actually, um, so long as you finish a lap before the 24 hours, so if you finish your lap at 11.59 a.m., you can go out and complete another lap and it will count. So you, some people are out there until one o'clock or one thirty, oh, so it's actually yeah, it can be often longer than 24 hours of course that's a huge last that's a huge circuit that's just brutal because yeah. that can be really extended out yeah. so yeah ryan did actually come in a little bit before midday but was so close to his uh the person uh behind him or he decided him to do another yeah had to go out for another beast lap. yeah had to do it to secure i think third place jesus um, yeah but overall, pretty chuffed to have achieved oh, so what you chuffed, did. So chuffed, and that—that that was, of course, the goal to go there and and yeah, podium at least. But, but yeah, win win the world world title, win the jersey, and mate, I remember seeing the Facebook rad. post, <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, uh, woo, woo, hands in the Ow! air, yeah, hey, just it incredible. Good. Yeah, it was mad, incredible stuff. And then to have two weeks holiday. Yay! <laughs> Have you ridden a 24 hours since then? No. no <laughs> I don't fucking blame haven't. you, man. I made the weird decision to go from, from racing 24 hour to racing uh, Olympic distance cross country, which is like an hour and a half max. Whoa, um, that's, man, major physiological changes, yeah, training like, regime changes, everything. Oh, it was, it was, it was stupid. No, it's I was great. Doing, I, under, <laughs> yeah. I understand yeah. it. You do that much torture to yourself, yeah. it's time to do some short races. Yeah, but that would almost harder in a way the high cadence yeah. high uh um yeah yeah like the uh, your, C, your co2 max and all that yeah. stuff just being pushed balls to the wall all the time 100 percent. i think Intense. so worlds was like september and then i raced my first national um cross country short short distance race in about december that year so only a couple of months later in, in elite against the best in Australia, and I uh, just got my ass handed to me. Got lapped in like half the race. Yeah. Okay, well, by the whippets. Yeah. By the yeah, by the best in, in the country. Yeah. Who? And to be expected, been... I'm like, I've got this body that's the diesel, yeah, designed for churning around for 24 hours, and then trying to. You've got the. Have the, this high intensity. Yeah, super high cadence whippet kids with no body fat on them. Yeah. And you've got the Paris Dakar rig. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, much. yeah. Ready for anything, <laughs> but all day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I can totally understand. I feel like if you've achieved that in that sport, 
sure, like go back to it if you really want to, but I can absolutely understand why you might have mm. had your time with, with that because, again, to me, like the, the whole, that's just too much time to even consider spending yeah. on a bike, let alone doing it competitively. Part of me wants to do another one. I would love to. And the, uh, I think 2021, the world champs are back in Australia. So that, really? could, that could be a good option. But oh, I, God. I don't, I just don't want to, I like my weekends. I don't want to commit. This is the problem. Ten, six to 10 hours a day of my weekends to, to riding a bike. Yeah. Again. And um, you love bike riding. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Pete 100%. fucking loves it. But yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot. It's a major commitment. Well, I guess it's the sort of thing that you have to commit to. You decide yep. whether you're up for it or not. Yep. It's just as simple as that. And, and yeah, being sort of more a little bit at that pointy end and knowing how much time it takes. And and, and of course, I'm not going to go... I wouldn't go back to it not wanting to be up at a similar level. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm not going if to... If I did decide to, it. I'm not going to half-ass it, yeah. It is going to require a, a lot of training. Um, and it's just the time train. I don't mind training. It's just the longer hours. Yeah, the, I mean, other stuff I like to do. The, yeah, <laughs> no, understandably, man. Like that's. But who knows? It's a huge commitment on your behalf to do it. Um, in terms of finances, to get to the worlds, to do all the training and all that sort of stuff. What did you do? You just kept working as bike mechanic. Yeah, the, I was work, working full time, um, mm. and just all all training was either before work or after work or on the weekends. Yeah, so working full time. Um, I was at, at the Freedom Machine at the time as a bike mechanic or, or a workshop manager. Or and it's the sort of job that, that just segues in that you can ride a ridiculous amount of bike time. Yeah. Everyone at your shop rides. Yep. There's always an opportunity to ride. Yeah. And fortunately, you've got the support through the shop of uh, all your, like, your nutrition bikes products, stuff, bikes, spare parts, bikes, Which are not cheap. Tires. If anyone's yeah, even got exactly. it remotely near cycling in yeah. general, oh, it's dude. not cheap at all people's bikes are more expensive than their yeah. cars that's not like that's not a joke and that is a thing and we didn't have the Ryan and I didn't have the luxury but a, a lot of 24 hour races have two bikes like identically identically set up so right. if something goes wrong I can swap them or one tire, light set up a tire pressure's changing overnight when the temperatures uh, you just not, like ah. not necessarily you usually just get, get on with it and just, just keep rolling around but yeah it is potentially stuff you, you might change mm. All right, well, that takes us to the uh, Doing Epic Stuff post-fight interview questions. Any questions? (laughs) I have some. (laughs) Yeah, monkey. So, how do you think you've developed personally because of this journey? In what ways do you think it's developed you? Has it scarred you horribly? No, No, I haven't been horribly scarred because I am... In the back of my mind, thinking of doing more of it. You're a particularly um, affable cat. I will say this before. I think if you're going to get into 24-hour mountain bike racing, make sure you're not a negative person to start yeah, with. No, it's always been be... very happy-go-lucky kind of dude. And I think that probably helped, was a massive part of the advantage from the mental game, yep. is that you, generally, you're a pretty happy dude, yeah. I think. I would 100% agree with that. And I've got, my, I know, mates that... Um, have a similar mentality that have done really well in 24-hour racing. So I think, yeah, being generally quite open um, and positive is, is just going to help you in that, that kind of long, like whether it's ultra marathon running or, or anything long. Anything where um, you're in your head yeah. for an extended period. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so how do, you, how do you think you developed? In what way? Do you think it was confidence in general or 
Yeah, I think. Well, I think I was genuinely because I was so new to racing mountain bikes in in general, let alone twenty four hour solo racing. I, I I was genuinely surprised and and proud of myself, I guess, at, at how far I got in such a short amount of time. <laughs> it seemed crazy, um, and and that that boggled even my mind. So I was, yeah, just very impressed with myself that I could even yeah because I'd never been a competitive I wouldn't I still wouldn't count myself as a competitive person really mm-hmm. um, but to do well at some of these bigger races um, was yeah very yeah you got to take something, something away really, from that yeah. and go yeah like I deserve that I put in a yeah, lot of work and I, and I did put in a lot of work so yeah I felt very good I felt good um yeah. What was the greatest obstacle you overcame during the whole thing? Do you think is it is it physical? Is I would it definitely money? say is, it was the... it was some of those mental battles during the races, like the gnarly, one I, yeah dude. I mentioned earlier about like yeah when you feel like you want to crash out as to be your excuse to stop doing this race. Like why is why why are you doing it? Why that's not a good thing. Yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, to be able to yeah overcome some of those demons as you're you're doing one of these events was definitely definitely the toughest yeah that's got to have positive application to other aspects of your life you know yeah surely it gets really fucking bad (laughs) yeah you're like actually it's not as bad as that yeah Yeah. (laughs) or like it might be as bad as that but you just Uh, go oh i just push through and i can deal with it i can yeah move through it and it's it's good again it's going to get good again Mm. so Mm. yeah and that can be applied to any aspect of of anyone's life might be bad at the time but you can keep your, your mind game good. Keep, and if you have a good swimming. support network, some yeah. good peeps around you, <laughs> yeah. some good Life. hugs. It's all, yeah, hugs. It's True. All hugs. True. Um, what would you change about this journey if you could change anything? Is there anything worth changing? Or you just have, the whole thing sounds incredible. There's not necessarily a need to change yeah. it. But would you have done anything differently other than not ridden two of these races on a fucking hardtail? Even that, like, I'm, I, I thought it was a good way to do it. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I would do anything particularly differently. It was quite a successful journey, which I was surprised. I, I know a lot of people that their first one, they first solo, they didn't finish or they only got eight surprised. hours in. Or so Just go, this isn't for me, mate. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I think I had. A, I think I was very lucky with the races I got. We had good weather, although it was hot, which didn't suit me. It was yeah, didn't rain, which can ruin your bike and. Mm, over an extended yeah. period yeah. like that constantly pedaling yeah. but all and in yeah. all happy to tread the path and have the rough bits and the good bits and all good yeah definitely mm. Re- recommend it to anyone mm. sweet <laughs> no, I'm not going to be doing it <laughs> Come on. Uh, what, would you, what advice would you give to someone who was to, to get into this sport let's say that they've never ridden a bike before um, I'm just going to put this thing back on let's say they've never ridden a bike before yep Get a mountain bike is a good start. This is a mountain bike event. Um, get comfortable riding a mountain bike. You don't have to be. You don't have to have the most amazing technical skills um, because even if there is a, a technical feature on the course, there's always a, a beeline to go around it. Um, ah. So you don't necessarily have to be a whiz, crazy skilled mountain biker to uh, even compete in any of these races. Um, there is a lot of team races. You can do teams of four or six or mixed. Or okay, so you can ease into it a yeah, bit more. Yeah, at least get the feel for the, the vibe of the event and, and just race with mates and have fun. Um, but you can still ride at 3am in the morning 
um, cu- cutting laps around with, with other people and, and that's a really good intro into at least 24 hour racing and, and the length of the event and get an idea um, and then doing a, a solo is, is yeah first make the, the mental decision to to commit to doing it mm. um, and, and know from the get go what your goals are if it's just to finish one or if you want to ride as long into the night and then have a sleep and then finish the next morning but have an idea in your head um, of what you want to achieve. In, Bit of a game your, plan. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And yeah, our, our game plan for our first one was by far just to, to finish and to ride the whole time. We didn't want to stop and sleep. We wanted to properly race um, and see how well we could do, but, but finish. But yeah, have a, have a goal, a, a goal, a realistic goal in mind um, and just try and stick to that and, and eat, have good, yeah, plenty of nutrition and don't skimp yeah, on the snacks. Don't, don't skimp on snacks. Snacking is good. You're burning more than enough energy to, to warrant as many snacks as you like. Peter Arch, thank you for your time, my man. Thank you. That was what good. A, what a pleasure. Oh, pleasure uh, is all mine. Let's have a frothy. Pretty good. Froth, froth. Pretty good. <laughs> that was great, Pete. Oh, thank you. to this episode of the Doing Epic Stuff podcast. For the latest Doing Epic Stuff happenings, you can find us at facebook.com forward slash doing epic stuff. Or for inquiries, you can contact me directly on mike at doingepicstuff.com. We out.